The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to Sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 at sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome to your Tuesday. Welcome to your USFL fantasy football edition of the SGPN fantasy football podcast on the sports gambling podcast network. Yes, you can hear us. Yes, we are back. All of, a, all of the SGPN podcasts are back on the air. And uh, we are happy to be a, uh, talking to you again live. Well, live when you listen. But anyways, me, Justin, I'm your host, Rod Gomez. Justin Mark is in the other seat over there. And uh, it just keeps getting better and better, Justin. First of all, I just want to congratulate not just you, but every fan of the USFL right now that has made it longer than the, most of the spring leagues have made it over the last couple of years. We are now entering week eight of the season, and uh, and now we have outlasted last season's XFL and the season before that's AAF. So that's got to feel good. Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna make it to the playoffs. <laughs> we're gonna make it to the play- <laughs> we're gonna get a champion of a spring league finally. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? It is. Uh, and this week, our first overtime game. Yes. Oh my God! Like there was so much happening this weekend. It was. I mean, look, as a sports fan, you're either in all in or all out these days it just seems like with everything going on you just either have to pay attention or you just don't so between racing between football between whatever else was going on this was such a crazy week but there was so many entertaining storylines and aspects and all that stuff going on not the least of which was our first uh overtime shootout justin we'll just cut right to the chase what did you think of that that format and and just the fact that the Breakers and the Panthers took us there in what was sort of a, I don't know that many people were expecting the Panthers to be able to hang. Certainly, I was not. Um, but yeah, I love the overtime format that they came up with. You know, it's got a little little bit of twist of, you know, the college where each team gets the ball, gets different turns. Um, but just the two-point conversions, you get three chances. Whoever has the most converted ones at the end of overtime wins or goes to sudden death really enjoyed it. It gives everybody kind of a, your fair opportunity and you don't end up like the bills where when you don't get the ball, you go home. But that's to me, I I've, we've got to see it play out, right? Let, let's just, let's just put it that way. We've got to see it play out, which was interesting in an aspect of it. When you looked on paper, you're like, what, what is this? Like why? I mean, it's as confusing as it, it befuddling as it, I'm making it sound right now. Uh, but then you see it play out and you're like, oh, this makes perfect sense. And it just feels like this is the way football overtime should be. You know, if it's not the CFL's version of it where they get the possession from the 20 and they got to score uh, a touchdown or a field goal. But like this too, it just makes it easy. Like you either score a two-point conversion or you don't. You either score more two-point conversions than the other team or you lose. Like it just, it feels like that's the way it should have always been. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I'm a hockey fan too, and I love shootouts, overtime shootouts. And this was very reminiscent of that. You know, this is basically a shootout. You get your three shots. So really liked that. And if you can't score from the two yard line, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> then you probably shouldn't try to score at all. That that's really what it boils down to. So, um, just great entertainment, right? Great entertainment all around. For sure. And that game was good. Yeah, it was. So we'll break that down in a second. Uh, but let's start from the beginning of the weekend where the New Jersey Generals took on the Tampa Bay Bandits. And, okay, am I a broken record? I'm a broken record. Uh, Ta'amu, good quarterback, not a great team surrounding him. But once again, Jordan Ta'amu has a rough outing and his Bandits lose the game. I say rough outing. Yeah, he threw for 270 or 237. Sure, he threw for a touchdown, but he also threw for three interceptions, which is him forcing the issue and put his team in such a bad position to lose that game. Yeah, and if you buy into quarterback ratings, 42.3. Pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's not even that's not even worth no. I mean, it was a 45% completion percentage as well. 17 of 37, uh, 237, that touchdown, three interceptions. They're going to roll with him. I mean, it's it's his team, obviously. It's too late to make a, a gigantic change, but, you know, he went wire to wire again despite throwing three interceptions. Um, they're going to continue to give him the, the opportunity to sink or swim, and, you know, right now it's not looking good for the Bandits. They're three and four. They're not out of it yet, but they're on the wrong end of this, this, uh, this momentum swing. Definitely got their backs against the ropes. Um yeah, and I know I know people say he doesn't have the talent around him, but you know if you watch that, there's some overthrown balls. There's just some inconsistency that he needs to clean up, whether the talent is there or not. And then I think the rest of the game around him will clean up some more too. But you're eight weeks into this now, right? And if you're coming in as the one of the top-rated quarterbacks, one of the marquee names of the league, and you're still making those overthrows, you're still making those poor decisions, you're still, well, I, I would say one of the leading rushers, but this week he actually didn't get a chance to lead the, the team in rushing yards. But he was one of the leading rushers coming into the, the, uh, the game. It's just not sustainable. Yep, agreed. And I think, you know, defenses are figuring out if they keep a spy on Tamu and take his rushing ability away, I, I don't know if the Bandits can win games. Well, not when they have, uh, well, I mean, look, Jawan Washington, eight carries, 41 yards, uh, 5.1 yard average, not bad, but most of those yards were wrapped up in that 127 yard run. So the rest of the seven barely netted you, what, 13, 14 yards on top of that. So again, not a good day for any of these running backs. BJ Emmons, once again, another forgetful performance, six carries, 16 yards. It's, it's just not good for these guys. Yeah, they haven't been able to get much going on the game all year. Um, it does not look like that's going to change through the rest of the year. Um, whether you want to blame the offensive line or just the running backs themselves, I don't think that's going to turn around this year. I, I say it time and time again, a transcendent quarterback can cover up a lot of mistakes. And right now, they're just not getting that kind of play out of Tom. Who is he one of those quarterbacks? Could be, but we're not seeing it right now. So you just got to show us. That's That's really what it all is. He makes plays. I will say that. He makes some fantastic plays when he makes them, but more often than not, he's not making those plays right now. And to his credit, you know, shook off the interceptions and threw a touchdown. That's You do want that in a quarterback, a quarterback that 
doesn't dwell on it. They have a short-term memory when it comes to their mistakes. So got to give them that at least trying to keep them in the game. But you also got to not make those mistakes. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. It's easy to overcome mistakes when you make them. But, you know, I, I don't know. Or it's not easy. Whatever. It, it just he should he should be not making those kind of mistakes. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the passing game then, because obviously there's not much to talk about in the running game. But for Tom, who only completing 17 passes, there wasn't a whole lot of love to go around. Vince Papali had a had a pretty solid game. Double digit fantasy game with four catches, 68 yards. And then the next best uh, receiver on the list was Cheyenne O'Grady. Two catches for 43 yards, but he had a long of 26 as well. You look up and down, Justin, at these these long receptions, right? And that's basically what Ta'amu was doing. He was getting bailed out by his receivers. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, Papali made a 31-yard grab, a good one. O'Grady, 26. Uh, Kafusi with a 32-yard grab uh, out of nowhere. But that was the one, too, where he actually... Uh, really bailed out his quarterback where he came back to the to the pass. So these receivers are helping out Tamu, but it's really not good for any of them. Yeah, no, agreed. And it's funny. I think it was two two or three weeks ago. I said, "Don't give up on Papali because the numbers are going to be there." And then last week I recanted on that, and now he has his good performance. So uh, Papali, <laughs> it's the way it goes. <laughs> it is the way it goes. You could like, yeah, just back and forth and back and forth. Uh, so as far as target leaders though, John Franklin, the third was six targets, but he only had one catch for that touchdown, that 20 yard touchdown. It was a good catch. Uh, but he just couldn't, couldn't find anything with the other five. Papali caught four of his six. O'Grady was targeted twice. And then, you know, Emmons targeted three times in the passing game. Uh, Dylan was there once Daquan Hampton got one. Uh, Davis got one, you know, just a smattering of other catches, but nothing to write home about. And this, this offense has a lot of work to do this week if they want to try to stay competitive. Yeah, because I think, um, you know, another loss might just push them out of that playoff race. It's going to be close, but they need to win some games if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, all right, let's move over to the New Jersey side of the ball where it's just, it's Luis Perez's world and, the generals are still winning it. And I, I don't know how, I don't know with what, I mean, I know the defense is coming up huge for New Jersey lately, but Luis Perez, man, 19 to 25, 174 yards and a touchdown. But I gotta tell you, man, I'm still not loving what I see out of him. There's too many mistakes. He did fumble once. Uh, it just looked lost more often than not, but is, is backing his way, if we're going to use a NASCAR term, into wins week after week. Yeah, and I think the what he has going against him is he's so one-dimensional that the defenses just can key on the fact that, obviously, he cannot scramble and run the ball around. So you contain him or his receivers, he's going to make those mistakes because he starts to panic. You can see it. He starts to panic when his first or second reads aren't there, you know, we weren't seeing that with DeAndre Johnson because he's got the wheels and he can take off if he needs to. So it, while Perez is winning games, he still doesn't look like the guy that might win you your championship. I can't even tell you how he's winning games. I just, I don't know. I mean, again, a lot of it's come with defense, but then most of it also comes from the running game, which, you know, the, the uh, announcers like to really hit on the fact that they had one of the leading rushing games. But a lot of that was because of DeAndre Johnson. And with DeAndre Johnson missing... Uh, the running backs had to step up, and Darius Victor did. 14 of 72 with the touchdown. Impressive 5.1-yard average. 
uh, along of 20. Darius Victor, just a bowling ball, man. Why, no one wants to stand in front of this guy. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was about getting ready to say he is a bowling ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, well, and a bald head and everything. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, uh, I love, I, we've loved Darius Victor since his, his uh, days in the um, XFL as well. So, you know, there's not much takeaway there. Darius Victor is a, a just slot him into your lineup every week. I uh, can't even really say anything else other than that. He's going to continue to give you good performances, especially as the weeks wear on and as this running game starts to become a little more prominent. Uh, Trey Williams, the other kind of, I guess, the other amigo in that three amigos. But now there's only two, so I don't even know what they would call themselves now. Uh, but he carried the ball eight times for 14 yards. Not not a big day for Williams in the running game uh, at all. And, and, in fact, not even in the passing game this time. So, I don't know about Williams. Are we are we nervous about him right now? I was pretty disappointed. And, I mean, he has had flashes of looking like a really good running back and that they would make a good one-two combo. But, um, yeah, I think if Victor keeps running like he is, he's a hard runner, they're going to keep slotting him in to uh, fight for those tough yards, make the contact, especially when they have the lead. Yep. Uh, Kevontae Turpin had four carries for 13 yards. The gadget player in Kevontae Turpin who – Look, man, that guy is straight fire every time he touches the ball. Uh, it just, you know, he scored a touchdown on a reception this week, but you just got to know where number five is on the field at all times. He's the one I hear the most out of the uh, the guys on TV and radio say that he should be in the NFL. That's the name I hear the most is Turpin because he is just electric with the ball. You know, there's no reason he, I mean, he's showing now that he's a professional athlete. And he's got everything it takes to be in any of these professional leagues. I saw it when he was in the fan-controlled football league. I tell you time and time again, watch these leagues. You'll, you, these guys won't be surprises to you. Uh, let's round out the receiving core. Alonzo Moore, four catches on six targets for 69 yards. Uh, and then Moore had four catches for 37 yards. Jay Moore, Mr. Jay Moore, not <laughs> A. Moore. Uh, four targets. Uh, Bowman, the tight end, three catches, 29 yards. Turpin, two catches with that touchdown catch for 20 yards. Darius Victor getting a little involved, three catches, 19 yards. And, you know, again, it's, it's I don't know. They scored 20 points. Still don't know how they won. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'll take it as a Generals fan. Yeah, and I was happy to see Jamon Moore get involved. Um, he, like, leading up to game one when they were releasing all their promo photos, that was the receiver that was in all of them. So I expected him to be a big part of the offense. He's battled some injuries and not been in a lot of games. So while his numbers didn't jump off the charts, four catches, 37 yards, it was nice to see him get involved and get some more reps. I concur. I mean, again, you you root for all of these guys. That's that's my philosophy. I, I just want to root for everybody and anybody in these leagues because it's just – it's fun to watch them play football, man. And if they can continue to keep playing football, I'm all I'm here for it. So agreed. Uh, all right, let's move over to the Breakers and the Michigan Panthers. We talked about that uh, overtime game, the very first overtime game in the USFL. Uh, we start with the Breakers, where <laughs> can we call it uh, Signal Gate or Sign Gate or whatever gate with the. Uh, Shea Patterson moving over from Michigan to New Orleans uh, basically was in his coach's ear all game long, giving the calls to his new head coach. And uh, the Panthers were getting a little bit uh, frustrated by that as as uh, Josh Love 
took the snaps for the first time for the Panthers. Uh, I mean, what did what did you, what were your take on that? I mean, it's awful convenient. They pick him up the you know the week they're going to play the Panthers. I mean, shame on the Panthers for cutting him, I guess. But still, it's awful convenient that oh hey, you're available. Why don't you come on in and tell us what we're uh, going to be facing here? Oh boy, and they were in the uh, just literally in the play call the whole time. Uh, but love to his credit, did not do bad, but he didn't do good. He had 18 of 37 for 179 yards. Uh, just a tough day for him to try to get, when his signals kept getting stolen. It's it's hard to execute a play. Uh, but yeah, Josh Love in his first action with the Panthers. What did you think? Yeah, well, I thought he looked better than he did with the Maulers, and I think part of that we're going to, by the end of this year, obviously we're already saying it, but we're going to point to the coaching, right? Kirby Wilson has made some very questionable choices, um, some very questionable calls, and I think you know Love goes to a more competent coach, and we see him do better. Now, was it perfect? Not at all. I mean, he threw for under 50%, but given the the short reps with those guys, um, I think he's going to turn around and, and do decent for them, at least do better than he was for the Maulers. Still a better quarterback rating than Jordan Tom. <clears throat> just saying. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I, I think I think give, give Love another week. I think he's going to be just fine in that offense. Uh, I, I definitely think it's an upgrade <clears throat> over Shea Patterson, whether or not Shea Patterson seems to think so, uh, will <laughs> remain to be seen. Uh, All right, for the running attack, Reggie Corbin, 13 carries, 108 yards. It's his game now. Like, this is his backfield. He has asserted dominance. He started out slow, but really just picked it up there as the game progressed. Yeah, um, he, you know, I've seen a lot of people calling for him for MVP. I don't know if he can be MVP on a one in five team or whatever, but, um, you know, I do think that he runs hard. He is a talented runner, and he is one of the better backs in the league. Whether he's MVP, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, definitely a better back in the league. I, I agree there. And and Michigan wanted to be known as a running the the identity of that team to be a running team. So here they are. Now, what's funny is that Corbin rushed as hard as he did, but he was one of the only running backs to not get into the end zone. It was Cameron Scarlett, six carries, 43 yards. He had a touchdown. Stevie Scott, 11 carries, 25 yards. He got into the end zone. It's not a three-headed monster back there in the backfield, but there's still three very competent running backs in that room. Yeah, and fantasy-wise, you hate to see if you have um, Reggie Corbin on your roster, you hate to see him have such a great game and then get that uh, just vultured from him. Two rushing touchdowns, neither one of them belonged to him. Yeah, that's a that's a frustrating day as a manager of Corbin, for sure. For sure. Uh, all right, Josh Love, when he did throw the ball, surprise, surprise, uh, looked a couple of different ways. Joe Walker had the most targets on the team, four catches, 32 yards on nine targets, but right behind him, crowd favorite Lance Lenore, seven targets, but this didn't, I mean, Lance wasn't catching too many of those, and it's, a product maybe of just love being a little bit uh, new to the system and, and maybe not knowing 100% where he was going to be. But Lenore, three catches, 47 yards. Uh, you know, really, again, it's it's just a matter of this is probably going to get better as the as the season progresses for these guys with the only what, couple games left. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah, I agree. I think they just need some more reps together, get comfortable, and kind of get used to each other. And I think you'll see that clean up a little bit. 
Devin Ross, two catches, 38 yards. LaMichael Petway, three catches, 35 yards. Again, not bad for the gigantic tight end. Uh, Marcus Ball had three catches for 15 yards. Uh, and then O'Malley, a catch for 10 yards. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just a matter of uh, give Love a, a little more time. I think he's going to be fine. Um, a little more time. Give him, give him next week. I think he'll be okay. For sure. And we talked about a couple weeks about all the tight ends the Panthers have collected. Four of them get involved in this game. All four get catches. Love to see that. That seems very old-fashioned to me. You pull your hair out if you're a manager of any of those. You're <laughs> oh, like, for sure. Just pick one, please. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll move over to the breakers. Kyle Sloter. Say what you will, man. He's he's just he's like the Luis Perez of this league. I don't know how he continues to win games. 15 of 24, 182 yards. He did have two touchdowns. Give that to him. But the man has been fighting a groin injury. And I, I wonder how many times these uh, announcers like to say groin because they, they say it quite often. Uh, but Shea Patterson gets picked up, right? Assuming that he was going to be... He probably wasn't going to be ready for this week, obviously. But really there as an insurance policy for that groin. And this week, it flared up. Zach Smith had to come in the Tulsa quarterback, uh, he completed five passes on eight attempts and a touchdown as well. So uh, it's not a quarterback controversy, but is Kyle Slaughter, like, with the thumb, with the with everything happening to him, like, what are we doing with him still? I mean, we're still starting him, right? Yeah, I think you have to because they, you know, the smart thing I would think would be give him a week of rest, right? Let him rest for a week, but they're not going to do that. They're just going to keep um, putting him out there. And so, yeah, I think yeah, as a fantasy manager, you have to have him out there because this is a team that can move the ball. And while they've had their ups and downs, um, they have a lot of talented receivers with Dixon and Adams. Their running backs are getting involved in the past game. So, yeah, I think you you got to keep starting him as long as he's healthy. Well, healthy-ish. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he's on the field. Let's put it right, that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, and look, again, it's it's just a matter of there's only three regular season games left, right? Eight, nine, and ten. And for us in fantasy now, it's it's playoffs. So if you rode him this long, you're going to keep riding him. And, you know, you can't even really pick up Shea Patterson as, an, as insurance because, one, he may not be out on the waiver wire. And, two, like, what do you, you can't switch mid-game. So <laughs> you got to start him. It's a frustrating situation. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Speaking of that running game, Jordan Ellis, seven carries, 42 yards. But the man of the hour and somebody I know we're going to talk about later on is the newcomer, Anthony Jones. This guy continues to impress. 11 carries, 34 yards. Did he outgain Ellis? No, but his runs look tough. Yes, he didn't have the great average. He had 3.1, but... I don't know, man. I'm starting to become a Jones truther, especially the fact that he got involved in the passing game. Two catches, 33 yards in that touchdown. So, um, yeah, I mean, this this uh, running back room, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think they're both startable because, like I said, this is a team that can move the ball, but um, I really like what I've seen from Jones. He has run the ball very well. And not just very well, but it, it, he looks, like I said, he looks and he came off a good week last week where he out uh, gained Ellis. And so I think that, yeah, with this one-two punch, if you don't have him already on your roster, I would grab him. I would definitely grab him. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but yeah, it just, I would grab him. Uh, and we'll leave it at that until we get to the next thing. Let's talk about the passing game. 
uh, where Johnny Dixon, three catches, 44 yards. Sal Canella finally turning it on, four catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Sean Poindexter, three catches, 37 yards. Jones got in with his two catches, like I said. Um, and then John Adams, three catches, 28 yards. All he does is catch touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, this this receiving core continues to be uh, good. Good to the point where they bail out Sloter just like <laughs> I feel like uh, Tom who gets bailed out. For sure, yeah, they are very good. And on that touchdown that Canella had, could he have been more wide open? How do you let a guy that size get that open? He just olayed him, man. It was like all of a sudden, here comes Canella, number was it big, big number eighty, rolling at you, and then you just let him go. Uh, yep. <laughs> but I, again, we talked about Canella early in the season as somebody that could probably do just that. I mean, that was the best day of his fantasy season. But I have a feeling that if they gave him more opportunities, he could do exactly that. Yeah, agreed. We're going to have to make a saying, like, for the team he's scoring on, they just got the Sal Canella. <laughs> sounds like a sickness. <laughs> you got the Canella. But, yeah, I mean, look, so three touchdowns in the air for this team. <clears throat> They're continuing to win. But, again, it was the two-point conversions at the end that really obviously sealed the deal. The Panthers, I had them as an upset this week, and I was almost there uh, were it not for a letdown in the end. Yeah, definitely close. They they hung in this much um, closer than I expected. So credit to them, especially on a quarterback that has not been there very long. Um, are they going to make the playoffs? Probably not, but this is turning around well for them. And uh, I think they, they might close the year out winning some games. I mean, this was all defense, though, for, for the Panthers. They just w- they wilted when they should have been a lot stronger, uh, giving up that final drive for the, the field goal, the tying field goal. I mean, what can you say? The offense put him there. It's just the defense could not keep him there. Uh, and let's not let's not actually bury the lead on that one either. Um, this one hit the over way over too, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Uh, both of these teams were putting up points like mad. I was a little nervous there at the beginning, but uh, they they kicked it into gear and uh, and hit the over, which was good. So happy about that. Uh, all right, let's move on to Sunday, where the Birmingham Stallions remain undefeated against. I mean, look, at this point, can I just say that the Pittsburgh Maulers are my least favorite team in the entire league? Uh, Kirby Wilson has done a great job of taking a team that I wanted to like and, and just turn it into junk. Uh, but the Stallions remain undefeated. Justin, they do it on a day where their quarterback completes nine passes. Justin, nine passes. The team scores 26 points. What the hell are the Stallions doing to continue to stay undefeated? Well, they're giving the ball to Bo Scarborough right now. But, um, yeah, Jamar is making me nervous because I have a feeling if he continues to play this, this is the second week that he's had some really bad stats. They've won, but really bad stats. And it's got to be a matter of time before they go, eh, we need more. We're going to give Magoo a chance again, right? I don't, I mean, Magoo, he came in last week. He didn't come in this week, which they didn't need to have him come in this week. But, you know, he threw that interception, did Smith. But you're right. They're just, they're handing it off to to Scarborough. Now, look, fantasy-wise, you hate to see it with Smith because you you know Jamar Smith is capable of just lighting it up. And, in fact, he didn't even carry the ball much. Brought it down five times for nine yards. 
So this is not the Jamar Smith we all got darlinged by in week one. This is this is a much different Jamar Smith. And if you're rolling him out in fantasy, you have to be thumping your head against a wall. Yes, I am. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I said that for your benefit, my friend. Uh, yep. I know exactly what you are. Uh, but yeah, so Jamar Smith, yeah, but you can't sit him because who else right. is out there? Yeah, you absolutely can't sit him. You just got to hope that the Stallions decide to keep rolling with him. And if they don't, they actually announce it. Um, so you know who to start. A <laughs> uh, little, well, little bitter. I lost by 1.5 points this weekend. If Smith could have just, you know, had 20 more yards or something, something. Or thrown a touchdown for that matter. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it was Bo Scarborough Day. Once again, the man, I mean, Justin called it a couple weeks ago. I sure hope you listen to him because 27 carries, 100 yards, another 100-yard game, basically dominated the touches. There was 38 total touches on the, on the night for the Stallions. 27 of them belonged to Scarborough. Five belonged to Smith. Tony Brooks-James actually came in and, and lit it up. Three, three carries for 35 yards, uh, an 11.7-yard average, so... You know, it, it was nuts. But the the one carry that makes the headlines is the fake punt that uh, the fullback Holly ran a 52 yarder into the end zone on a fake punt. Justin, how entertaining was that play? It, and ran to perfection. I mean, that was just perfect. That's that's more than you want. Out of, I mean, that you expect anyways out of your fake punt. You run your fake punt to get your first down and keep the ball going. You don't expect it to go for a 52-yard touchdown. So just perfection. I love how winded he was after the <laughs> after the play. He was like, "Ooh, okay, I didn't expect to go 52 yards, but thank God I did." Uh I, I was and that was what one of two rushing touchdowns on the day. CJ Marable gets the other one, two carries, 4 yards. You want to talk about a fall from grace? <laughs> CJ Marable found it. Yeah, and I wonder if just um, it's a matter of keeping him healthy. I'm not quite sure there, but just the two carries, not utilizing him at all um, on his week back from injury. Um, I think he'll get some carries coming around. I, now, I do still think this is Bo's uh, running back room. He's going to have the bulk of the carries, but I expect Marable to get some more touches. We told you in the preseason, we told you this was a long season. Like 10 games is short. But a lot can happen, especially in a in a situation where you didn't have a lot of camp time. You didn't have a lot of time to see these guys actually perform. So as the season progresses, it was going to be their auditions. Like weeks two, three, four, five, all of that was going to be their auditions. And now we're starting to see uh, everything else play out. And nothing says that more, Justin, than this Stallions receiving room who Victor Bolton Jr. was the guy. Like, the guy. Right. And and now all of a sudden, one catch for 53 yards. It was a fantastic catch, but it was just his only one on three targets of the night. Yeah. And it's hard to say much at all about the passing game when there's only nine completions to go around. <laughs> but, but yeah, I agree. I mean, Bolden was, wasn't even the top targeted, which is kind of the change from what we've seen in the past weeks. He's been their top target getter. Um, and I don't know if that is going to turn around. If this was just an anomaly, but um, definitely you you want to see more out of him. You do, and you may. It's just a matter of they've got to complete more passes. That's exactly it. Nine nine completions is not going to get your receivers a whole lot of fantasy production. 
But, you know, when they catch big passes, it's not really all that bad. Sage Surratt caught a 36-yarder and then another one for 10, tar- uh, 10 yards on his two targets. Uh, we're talking about tight ends, man. Talking about tight ends, Sage Surratt. And another player where the the week that I drop him, he has a, a best game of his season so far. So, <laughs> I, look at this point, you can't hoard, but you also can't. Uh, <laughs> you got to make those mistakes every once in a while. Uh, and then there was, um, let's see, uh, Michael Darius caught two passes. We talked about him a little bit uh, the week before, but he came back down to earth, two catches, eighteen yards. Osiris Mitchell, two catches, seventeen yards. Uh, and then Bo Scarborough caught his only uh, his only target for one yard and a touchdown. So Bo knew touchdowns through the air in this game. Yeah, yep. And um, I was disappointed to see Mitchell have such a, a bad game. You know, he's kind of been one of the most consistent. Um, so if you have Osiris Mitchell, I wouldn't panic. Um, I think next week they'll get on a better flow, hopefully. There's three and a half minutes to discuss the Pittsburgh Maulers offense. That is all we're going to need because this offense is just putrid looking. The coach literally can't figure out how to be a head coach in this league. And again, you know me, I'm not overly critical because I myself can't do this job. But when I see Kirby Wilson, I feel like I could do his job because I don't, the guy... Look, he he brought Vad Lee in, right? Became an instant hero, won the first game, and now all of a sudden he wants to be impatient with Vad Lee. He wants to yell at Vad Lee like everything is his fault. Vad Lee on the night, six catches, 14 yards. Uh, six catches. Six completions for 14 yards. Uh, for f- Six completions on 14 attempts. <laughs> this is how frustrated I am trying to even read the stats. <laughs> 6 of 14, 58 yards in an entire game, Justin. How frustrated do you have to be as a quarterback to just see this happen to you? It's frustrating, and I, you know, Vadley has actually performed the best in, like, what, the last four or five minutes of the game? Why do you pull him then? I don't understand that thought at all, especially for somebody who you just signed. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it, it's not like they're tanking for the best draft pick either. I just don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, yeah, and they're right. So uh, Roland Rivers comes in, like you had said, signed literally days before, almost like the Vadley situation, right, where, where they signed. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was thinking that Rivers was going to come in and be Vadley. Unfortunately, Rivers came in and was still the same type of quarterback, three of nine for 25 yards uh, in his appearance. But, you know, the only thing that you can really even say good about this team right now is that Madre London can <laughs> can run the ball. Uh, he, he ran 18 times for 99 yards and a touchdown, five and a half yards per carry. Uh, Madre London should have just carried the ball every single time. Agreed. Yeah, you. I know he's close to 20 carries, but with the way he's running right now, you have to give him over 20 carries. There's no reason to give the ball to your fullback. He wasn't doing anything. And there's not much reason to give the ball to Garrett Groshek unless it's just to spell Madre London. Um, you've been saying that for weeks. Why are they handing the ball to Groshek? Why is he still trying to make Groshek a thing? You know, like, and it's true. Um, his average yards per carry have just been terrible. Like, I feel like he could get more if he fell forward each each time he touched the ball. 
tripped and fall. That that would be yeah. Garrett Groshek's uh, good. Yeah, ten carries, twenty nine yards. Like he just he can't get anything going, and it's not the scheme because they give Madre London the exact same carries, and Madre London manages to find himself some space. Groshek just can't do it. So it, it's just a vicious thing for for that. And yeah, I mean this running game can't get off the ground. Well, I mean, it does get off the ground, but it's not getting off the ground enough to carry the team. Uh, the rest of the team is just is suffering, man. It's just frustrating. Grosh has 2.8 yards per carry average through the year, not even three yards. I, I don't understand why he's still getting the ball as many times as he is. Yeah, they keep trying to make Groshek a thing. Quit trying to make Groshek a thing. Uh, all right, as far as passing, look, Bailey Gaither, hero from a few weeks back, Two catches, 19 yards. Uh, their fullback, Mikey Daniel, catches two passes for 21 yards. It's just, again, nothing to write home about. Groshek catches one. Um, Heine catches one. McCleskey got one. Uh, yeah, this was just a dismal. If you have Panthers receivers, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, especially once Trey Walker was suspended for the game. Um, he had been kind of one of their bright spots in the receiving along with Gaither, and then you lose him to a suspension. So, yeah, this whole team, it's its frustrating. You cannot preach to somebody. And look, I, I'm thinking when you're a head coach and you base your entire coaching philosophy on they're not getting the job done, I'm yanking his ass out, right? Oh, okay, coach. Guess what? You're not getting the job done. I'm yanking your ass out. Like it's time for a change, buddy. And you are the reason that this team. You can't. You just can't coach that way and expect it because you saw it on Vad's face. Like you knew right then and there. Once, once Kirby was like, "I'm pulling you. You've. I've lost confidence in you." He went back to the huddle and was like, "I don't. I. I don't know, guys. Like, I'm just going to throw it up. This is what we're doing here. I know I'm getting pulled." So I might as well just go out and, and do whatever. Yeah, I mean, you even heard, like, the, the mics pick up everything, which is something that's a little different with this league, right? But he even heard um, Kirby say, get his ass off the field. Yep. And it, I, I don't know how you expect your players to get pumped up and perform when they hear you say stuff like that. I know I certainly would feel defeated and be like, oh, why am I even going out here and taking all these hits and doing all this if that's the response I'm getting, you know? And I think we can all agree that this is this is not a player issue. I think this is a coach issue. I think if we were not in the first year of the USFL and it was a little more established, Kirby would be gone already. Yeah, if there's more than 10 games, if this wasn't such a short season, I'm, I'm sure he'd mm -hmm. be gone by now. Uh, all right, well, the coach that's not going to be gone is the coach of the Philadelphia Stars. Those guys, maybe, maybe, maybe the gamblers, maybe someone's out, but uh, definitely not Andrews because, uh, I mean... Look, the Stars are on a roll right now, and, and you got to love what's happening to them. Uh, they beat the Gamblers. Who hasn't beaten the Gamblers lately? But they made it close. The Gamblers made it close. I will say that, and it was it was a very close game once more. We've seen so many one-score games, man, and it, just, it was another situation like that heading into, uh, heading into the final couple of, of drives, but... Yeah, so the Stars beat the Gamblers 35-24, to and they did it largely in a game where it was sort of a spread around. You know, they, Case Cookus 
none of these quarterbacks are lighting things up. I will, none of these quarterbacks are making three, four hundred yard games, but they're still managing to win games. Uh, Cook has completed twenty one of thirty one for one hundred sixty three yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. But uh, you know, say what you will, he's managing to to keep his team in the game. Yeah, yep. And that that first interception, uh, it was off of a tipped ball. So, you know, those can always go either way. But, you know, like you said, doing what he needs to to win the game. Um, and they come away with a, a decent win when it looked like for a minute there, the the uh, gamblers had a head of steam. I was getting a little worried, but um, that's why everybody should be a part of our Slack channel. Because somebody said, are we live betting the stars now and um, for the gamblers to fail? And you said, always. Always. And it paid off. So <laughs> Always bet. Because they were up 17 to 13 at the half, right? And you thought to yourself, ah, mm -hmm. here we go. Here's where the stars fall apart. And then it come out in the third quarter, score a touchdown. And you're like, oh, man, now the stars are going to fall apart. Or the, yeah, stars are going to fall apart. Gamblers are actually going to win this. But then, of course, it was, and it was defense too, man. Defense had a lot to do with uh with why they were actually up um you know and, and for me that was that was the whole thing of it where the offense yes but the DST for the stars they they had three turnovers in the game for uh you know they forced three turnovers which two fumbles and an interception that's a good day and six sacks so yeah they they definitely kept the pressure on so that the gamblers could not be comfortable they could not. Uh, running game also helped the Stars. Uh, Colburn, 21 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Darnell Holland, my friends, 7 carries, 49 yards and a touchdown. Uh, don't look now, but Darnell Holland making a name for himself again. Yeah, this is going to be a little frightening when Paul Terry comes back, but I still think all of these guys can play and all of them can put up good numbers. Yep, and that's going to be that's gonna kind of be frustrating if you're a manager of them in the playoffs because... Uh, you know, Holland got the touchdown uh, this time, uh, but so did Colburn, but it could very easily have been, you know, Williams or, you know, whatever, uh, or Colburn or whoever touching the ball next time. You don't know where that touchdown is going to come from. So um, definitely frustrating uh, going forward, but you know, you're not going to sit them. So what, what <laughs> else can you do? Um, <clears throat> turn to the receivers where Jordan Sewell actually got himself into the end zone uh, this game it, looking really good seven catches 72 yards just like I knew he would had uh, the second most targets behind Colburn or actually tied with Colburn at seven targets so uh, Jordan Sewell takers I, I like the guy yeah um, he's been really good and I believe he leads the team in targets now six foot six that that touchdown was awesome because he just he was just over the guy it's like uh, it was like a big dunk and he's just looking down at him like what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. You ain't going to stop them, that's for sure. Right. Uh, they need to do more of that, though, to Sewell, because Sewell is another one of those guys where uh, he was in the Spring League uh, Generals team. So, you know, he, he knows the system. He knows th what they're running there, and uh, and, and he's, he's definitely familiar with it. So I think they got to get him more involved down the way. So if he's out there, I don't know, look for him. You might want to pick him up. Definitely Absolutely. somebody worth looking at. Uh, Devin Gray getting in the mix three catches 31 yards uh chris roland three catches 25 yards uh bug howard two catches nine yards not a fantastic day for bug but damn it all he still looks good yeah for sure <laughs> maurice alexander only a catch for five yards on his only target so how the mighty have fallen there but 
Um, you know, these stars are going to continue to throw the ball around, and that's really what they do. Uh, you know, we talked about the Stallions having only nine completions, but the Stars had 21 completions, so there's a lot of opportunity there for receivers to get involved. But, you know, as long as that running game continues to move along, 152 yards on the ground between Colburn, Holland, and Cookus, uh, that's a good day. Absolutely, and if they can just keep doing that, they're going to keep piling up wins. So we turn our attention to the Houston Gamblers, where Clayton Thorson just not getting it done. Eight eight of 12. Now look, okay, I know that he hurt himself uh, and had to get pulled. Eight of 12 for 70 yards. But I mean, it's still, it's Clayton Thorson turning in numbers like this almost every week, right? It's it's not it's not like he's really lighting it up either. Uh, but then in comes Mr. Bahar, 10 of 13 for 101 yards, touchdown and interception. Neither one of these quarterbacks looked comfortable at all, all game long. No, and I think part of that's a credit to the Stars' defense, but absolutely agree. Nobody could get comfortable, and, um, you know, their record speaks for itself. If you're not going to put up decent numbers in the quarterback game, you're probably not going to win the game, and they've struggled all year. I mean, you knew that Thorson wanted to stay. I mean, you knew that. You saw that. He came back a couple of times, but then Kenji Bahar definitely right there in the wings. And, I mean, now you wonder next week, does this turn into a Kenji Bahar situation? You're one in six. You already know what you've got in Clayton Thorson. Are you going to roll out Bahar just to try to see for the last three games if, if he can do something different? I think he might as well. Um, you know, Thorson, he's had some good games. He's had some, uh, I do think a lot of his numbers are skewed though, because it looks like he's throwing a lot of touchdowns, but there's not a lot of yards there. And he's also throwing a lot of interceptions. So his numbers are a little skewed, but I agree. You know what you have in him, and uh, give Bahar a shot. See what you got. See if maybe he can lead your team to some wins. And his numbers are skewed because he had a guy like Mark Thompson behind him who was able to put up 100-yard games, uh, which he hasn't been able to in the last couple of weeks. 13 carries this night, 47 yards, a touchdown. Salvages day there, but again, not not another outstandingly big performance like we're used to seeing out of Thompson at really only 3.6 yards per carry. It's, it's, it's frustrating as a Mark Thompson manager. Yeah, I don't know what happened to uh, Mark Thompson. You know, he had 71 carry or 71 yards, 93 yards, 147 yards. Then he had that game where he only had 10. Then he was up to 80, now 23 and 47 this week. So it, the dominant performances we were seeing, we're just not getting anymore. You know, we thought Dalen Dawkins was going to do something good, uh, especially with Mark Thompson kind of on the on the sag, but carried the ball three times for 10 yards like this this running game was was stuffed and they talked about it all game long how Philadelphia was the top running defense in the league so it was difficult for them to get going and it just I don't know for me it yeah I don't know this running game has been kind of a disappointment over the last couple weeks and I don't know that it's going to get any better agreed and I think with Thorson as quarterback or even Bahar you need your running game to get going sure do yeah because you can't rely on them to to do much more than they're doing right now so uh all right so we talk about their passing game Tio redding having having another decent game four catches 58 yards uh but most of that came on that gigantic 45 yard catch so i don't know how much more you can say about that with the what remaining uh eight yards or, or not eight yards but uh if i uh, something like that coming off of just a couple more catches Tio Redding, a good big play guy, but I don't know that you can trust him for week in and week out doing good things. 
Yeah, it would be interesting to see what Tua Redding does with a, um, I, I don't want to say a decent quarterback because I don't want to put Thorson and Bahar down that much, but just a quarterback that can make all the throws, a quarterback that can put the ball where it needs to be, um, a Brian Scott-like guy. Like, you know, because Tio Redding, he makes some really good catches. He has a really good skill once he has the ball. So it just be, it would be really interesting to see what he could do and what the potential would be if he had a different quarterback. It's funny. I'm sitting there saying, like Brian Scott, like Brian Scott. And sure enough, <laughs> you said, like Brian Scott. Uh, yep. The week after... Well, literally hours after I say that the uh, tight ends for the Gamblers have been sort of an afterthought, all of a sudden Julian Allen has probably the best day of his uh, out at two catches, 56 yards, and then Brandon Barnes catches three, 17, and a touchdown. Like, yeah, all of a sudden the tight ends become a thing after I write them off. How frustrating is that? Yeah, it was when I saw the Brandon Barnes touchdown. I was like, well, where'd he come from? Nowhere. <laughs> Just have not seen much from him at all. Yeah, caught the touchdown, three catches. Allen, two catches for 56 yards, but he had a pretty impressive 32-yarder himself. Uh, so, again, a lot of a lot of big plays in this game. Anthony Ratliff-Williams, five catches, 32 yards. Uh, Isaiah Zuber absolutely went into obscurity this week. One catch, six yards. Uh, Tyler Palka, one catch, six yards. It just nothing from the guys that we had seen over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's definitely start seemed to be declining. Um, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but some different names to throw around of, you know, who is declining and who is uh, kind of on their way up in that passing game. Indeed. Uh, yeah, we will. We'll talk about that when we come back actually from the break to start breaking down some of these start sits for the fantasy playoffs. You guys want to win some championships we're going to have to talk about some names of folks that are sitting on your roster right now, and uh, you got some questions about, and we'll answer them when we come back. But first, let's talk about WinBet. Make sure to get down on the WinBets Bet $50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. All of you can receive a $20 free bet when you win, lose, or push a three-plus leg. Build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Take advantage of this on the NBA playoffs. And the match is coming to the win, and you can bet on it on WinBet bet tom brady aaron Rodgers minus 200 josh allen patrick mahomes plus 165 there's so much to choose from all you got to do is download the win bet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough win bet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 now let's move on to sleeper it's the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players i know you probably are hard already have a fantasy league or six or ten on there i know that i use it for mine which i just got done with a zombie league draft insane format insane craziness only sleeper can keep up with how nuts that that league and all of its rules actually were because it's a game-changing product it's unlike anything else in the industry customizable all that good stuff but now you can make money on sleeper too by playing the new over under game it's super simple first in any sport choose two or more players that you like pick the over under for example number of points in basketball hits in baseball whatever it is choose the amount of money you want to enter and then enter into the contest if you pick correctly you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in and the main reason that i'm always excited about the over under on sleeper is that it's the only app where i can join my buddy's contest and we can all play together 
It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and always copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing right now. Download the Sleeper app and play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. You can do it on your mobile phone, too, by joining our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. Sleeper's going to automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit bonus match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You are investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, other prying eyes. That is why, folks, I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting one 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location is going to be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's literally that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on your speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for you with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to do, tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use the promotion code SGP. Claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. We are back with more here on the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast, and it is USFL Tuesday, as it always is. Justin Mark joining me to break down the fantasy football action for your fantasy playoff push. You want a championship, we're going to try to get you there, and there are some folks that have probably been sitting on your roster that you're thinking to yourself, man, what am I going to do with these guys? They're frustrating me, or we're going to tell you guys that you might be able to pick up and, and maybe ride into the playoffs into a deep run. So, Justin, we talked about this first one earlier, and uh, this guy is somebody that you were probably rolling with at the very beginning of uh, of the season, and now you're thinking to yourself, is Garrett Groshek really going to get me where I need to go in the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, so I realized last week, everybody I picked, I picked as like a stardom. So I wanted to go a little against the grain and start with a guy that you can probably do better than 
Um, look, this was supposed to be a running team. He was supposed to be the leading rusher after Devion Smith got cut. He's got 2.88 yards per carry. Yes, he's gotten 89 carries, so he's getting the ball a lot, but he's just not cutting it fantasy-wise. His best game was in week four. He only had 37 yards, but he did have a touchdown. That's his only touchdown of the year. His most rushing yards were in week two with 77 yards. Since then, he's had 28 yards, 37 yards, 23 yards, 7 yards, and 29. The last two weeks, he's averaged half a yard and then 2.9 yards per carry. Maybe if you have um, flex space, if you need somebody to just throw in your flex, I would throw Garrett Groshek in there. But you drafted him to be your running back one. You cannot start him as your running back one anymore. Maybe if you need someone to throw on your bench, Garrett Groshek is the perfect <laughs> guy to do that. I just, I, I, sh- I mean, look, at this point, I think he's droppable. If you need to pick up somebody else right now, I think Garrett Groshek is droppable, to be honest with you. I, I don't see why, unless you're in a league like ours, right? Like the the big the big league that we're in, and you need everybody and and warm bodies, and you got you can't really toss a guy like Groshek on the on the waiver wire. It's just there's so little value that he gives you week to week as a as a starter. It's just it's frustrating, and and that Mahler's offense we talked about it is just absolutely insanely frustrating. The coach is frustrating. That entire team is frustrating. So uh, I want less. What's what's a number that's lower than zero? I want less than zero piece <laughs> of any uh, Pittsburgh Mahler right now. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, you know, and I in our big league, I drafted Garrett Groshek. That was my first running back I took. Luckily, I listened to myself and I picked up Bo Scarborough. Um, so I do have him. I can switch in. I'm going to need him next week. The last week of the season, regular season, I go, go, go against my undefeated wife. I'm going to go for that first time that she loses. Probably won't happen, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, again, if you want to stay married, buddy, you may have to take that one. Uh, just, yeah, rolling Garrett Groshek, you're definitely going to take that one. Uh, uh, all right, so let's talk about somebody else you were high on as well uh, coming in, and that's C.J. Marable. I mean, he rewarded you for the better part of the season, really did, turned in some great performances, but because Bo Scarborough came in and sort of ate up all of the oxygen in that room, C.J. Marable just rele- relegated to a couple of carries a game now. Yeah, it's Bo's world, and C.J.'s just living in it, basically. Um I'm sure if you have CJ Marable, you you know, you may not have a better option and I get that, but just like Groshek, he is no longer somebody you can view as an RB one, not even an RB two at this point um, until his carries start picking up. I really thought they'd get him more involved in the pass game um, because he is a very good pass catching back. I still think there's an opportunity for that. I mean, we talked about how Jamar Smith only completed nine passes, so there wasn't a lot to go around there, but um this is another guy who has kind of really fallen and he is better if you can just have him in a flex spot. Um, I would still start him because the stallions, obviously they're undefeated. They lead in a lot of games, so they run the ball a lot. Um, so I think he'll still, still get his carries. I like him more than Tony Brooks, James, even though last this last week, Tony Brooks, James had the better game, but um, he's somebody you can only count on for flex. It's weird how quickly he dropped off. It, it just seemed like for a while you just you knew CJ Marable was there and 
you heard his name on the broadcast quite often, and then all of a sudden it was just and it wasn't. It was even before Bro Bo Scarborough kind of came in. Marable wasn't necessarily still the top dog, and that's why Bo kind of came in. And yeah, it's just it's weird how quickly that happened. And you're right; I think the talent's still there. It's just usage is not happening since we've seen Bo ascend. Yep, agreed. So yeah, I mean for the style, and then also we talked a lot about the fact that uh, Jamar was able to pull it down and run, and and now we're not seeing that quite as often. For whatever reason, I, I don't know if it's his call or if it's the, the coaching call of not trying to get him banged up since they are winning all these games and, and are up in these games, but uh, it's not even in danger for Jamar anymore. So, yeah, I mean, can't drop Maribel, uh, I, I don't think, but you could probably put him in a flex position and sort of pray for the best. Yep, agreed. So, uh, all right, and you can probably replace him with somebody who we're going to talk about later on, too. There, if there, I'm sure... Somebody is is maybe got dropped that we'll talk about, or maybe even not gotten picked up, uh, but we'll get there in a second. Let's talk about Isaiah Zuber for the Gamblers. We just we talked about it before the break, right? One catch for six yards last week. What happened to Isaiah Zuber? We were singing his praises a couple of weeks ago, and now one catch. I mean, what 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 happened? Yeah, so I threw him on here because he was a guy that fantasy football, DFS, everything. You just, he was automatic, right? Because he was getting so many targets. Now, um, we've seen the last two weeks he had, last week he had one catch for six yards. Two weeks ago, two catches for 33 yards. He's just not getting the numbers. And a lot of it I'm seeing it is coinciding with Teal Redding getting the numbers. So last week, Teal Redding had 58 yards. The week before that, 76 yards and a touchdown. Um, it's hard to bench Zuber because the first five weeks he had four touchdowns. So he was very consistent there. But I think that we're seeing they're not relying on him as much. They're spreading the ball out more. And I think Teal Redding is actually getting open more. And another guy that you're going to talk about in just a minute here is kind of getting open more. And not just that, but Teal Redding's a tall guy, right? Zuber's not as tall. And so they're trying to and, – and, and look – Clayton Thorson, we talked about it too. Him and, and Kenji Bahar, they're not completing a lot of passes. So again, in an offense that's not supporting a lot of completions, the, the receivers don't get a lot of shots. So, you know, Zuber was the guy for a while. Zuber was catching touchdown passes. He was catching all of the spectacular highlight reel catches. But now, you're right, T.O. Redding's taking that role, and it's just not necessarily um, Zuber's game. So can it be in the future? probably i mean he's got the talent it's just a matter of whether or not he's going to have the opportunity going forward absolutely yeah i think based on the past two weeks i'm not starting him until he can turn him turn it around so i think there's got to be some other options out there that you can pick up in the receiving game that can give you more than your uh 1.6 points ppr last week and 5.3 two weeks ago and you, and you probably didn't draft him to be a wide receiver one. You probably drafted him to be a flex player, which five points in a flex position is, is what you'll take in the USFL. But, yeah, you can't you can't go into the playoffs with a 1.6 uh, outing in a PPR at all. It's, it's just you can't do it or else you're going to get sunk, uh, especially because now uh, you think about the fact that most of these teams heading into the playoffs now are the teams that have scored the points the most, right? And obviously because... That's how you make the playoffs. But if you're, you can't, you're not going to walk in against scrubs 
into the playoffs. And so you're going to have to have people that put up points every single week. And if you're a guy, if you're somebody that made it with Zuber, well, congratulations, but you probably won't make it much farther past the playoffs with Zuber. Agreed. Yeah. It, it really depends on your league. You know, like our, our big league, can you probably find anybody better than Zuber right now? No. But in our listener league where there's only six teams, there's only two bench spots, there's talent out there still. Um, and you might be able to find somebody who's going to put up some more points than Zuber is putting up. You most certainly will. Uh, all right. Speaking of that, we'll, we'll kind of go to the other side of that where uh, it's Anthony Ratliff Williams is my first suggestion. Five catches, 32 yards last week. But Anthony Ratliff Williams was a guy earlier in the season that was actually getting some run. Uh, right. He was one of the names that was actually doing well in the league and just sort of dropped off as Isaiah Zuber started to become more of a thing. And then now all of a sudden with Tio Redding becoming more of a thing, uh, it seems like Anthony Ratliff Williams got sort of shuffled to the back again. But here's the thing about Ratliff Williams, right? He just makes those catches that you expect the big, the bigger catches that you need to make. I mean, they're not gigantically down the field, but they're the, the possession catches that you need, especially he did that last week, right? He had five catches on five targets, caught all of his targets, uh, which, you know, you kind of want your receivers to do all the time anyways. But I think if, if the gamblers want to actually win a game, they need to do more with these types of receivers. They need to do more with Redding. They need to do more with Ratliff-Williams. Um, and I think they need to give him a chance to be uh, a better player than he is. 6'1", right? I mean, he's not the tallest of receivers, but he's definitely taller than some of the defensive backs out there. Give him a couple more opportunities to kind of climb the ladder. He's proven that he can do that. And for fantasy purposes, we talked about needing people to score points on your team. Uh, you know, yeah, okay, uh, eight points is not really going to always get it done for you, but eight points is better than 1.6 if, if you had Zuber on your team, you know, or if you were waiting on Zuber, right? That eight points is better than one. So, you know, you probably already have Ratliff Williams. I don't know if you had him on the bench because you were frustrated with his last few weeks, but maybe now's the time to slide him into that flex position, hoping that the gamblers can figure something out. Agreed. And they seem to be looking his way a lot on third downs. And um, like you said, is it these giant chunk yardage plays? No, but in a PPR league, those every catch is adding up. So when you find a guy who they're looking at on third down and he's getting five catches, we just said in flex five points is um, sometimes all you're wanting. So, uh, you know, definitely good value there. I, and I'll take it. I mean, it, it, to me, like I said, I, I'm I'm looking for guys that's gonna that, that are just nice, warm bodies that are gonna score some points for you. Yeah, last week he didn't do it, right? Or the two weeks ago he didn't do it. He had two catches for three yards. But that's the kind of situation where, again, you just you have to figure that at some point he's gonna blow back up again. And when he does, they've got to get more people involved. They they've proven that the running game they can't be one dimensional, so they got to start throwing it around. And you got a guy like Anthony Ratliff Williams that can catch all five of his targets, can give you some production. Um, you got to lean on that more too, because Tio Redding, they've been doing that the last couple of weeks, and they've been pleasantly pleasantly surprised with the results. For sure. So, uh, all right, let us continue on to Darnell Holland. We talked about him a little bit when we talked about the stars. I, so Darnell Holland was somebody 
Justin, when we first started talking about the league and we started talking about running backs, you were definitely high on Holland, uh, actually just to be one of the better running backs in the league. And the Stars used him as such, right? And then he kind of disappeared in the background. Paul Terry. I think Holland got hurt, right? It seems so long ago, but Holland got hurt, got put got put there, and then it was Paul Terry that kind of came in uh, and spelled it. But now Darnell Holland starts starting to reassert himself on this uh, Philadelphia Stars team in the running game that, as was noted several times over, the best running game in the league. Um, but right now he's sharing that room with Colburn, and but I, I have a feeling that this is an offense that could probably support multiple uh, running backs that are good. Uh, and, and with Darnell Holland getting healthier now, and we're starting to see it happen, he's going to be a force, and he's going to get more carries and I think more usage. And if this was somebody that you had on your bench, that you were waiting for him to sort of get better soon, uh, right? I don't know that Matt Colburn is going to steal all of his value. Um, I know Colburn got 21 carries, the bulk of them, but it was Holland who was actually the more effective when he touched the ball with the seven point uh, seven yard per carry average. And of course, he had the touchdown. Uh, but, you know, I, I think as Holland gets more healthy, the carries will go up uh, because Colburn had volume, but not a lot of production with it. He did get a touchdown, which saved Colburn's day. But, you know, 3.6 yards per carry. We just know who the more explosive back is in Holland. So if you've been waiting on him to get healthy, I think now is the time that you can stop waiting. Yeah, it's probably easy to forget that week one, he had a 5.78 yard average. He had a touchdown. He had four catches. Uh, and then week two, he only had two carries before he got hurt. So then he missed week three, week four, week five, week six. He had seven carries for 39 yards. So he was at that 5.57 average. And then last week, the seven average. So in games where he didn't get injured, he's always above a five yard per carry average. That That's really good. That's what you want out of your running back. If your running back is moving the ball over five yards per carry, you are moving the ball down the field. So I agree. I definitely think they're going to, as he gets healthier, going to keep getting him more and more involved. I think they need to get him more and more involved, to be honest with you. That's that's the whole basis of what's going to keep Cookus from having to take the, the game into his own hands and to, to win it. Because, again, you can't really do it when you're throwing for 73 yards you know, in, in a game like you did a couple of weeks ago and barely 100 and some odd yards last week. Um, you know, Holland got seven carries, 39 yards the week before. Again, this was a bigger outing last week as far as getting into the end zone and uh, and doing it. But yeah, 5.6 yards per carry a couple weeks ago. You got to give the ball to him more. I know they want to make Matt Colburn a thing, uh, but, you know, he's just not proven to be a week-to-week com- uh, uh, contributor. So I think Holland gets more involved. You can put him in your flex position and I think feel good about it this week for sure. Uh, last running back on the board for me is Anthony Jones of the Tampa Bay Breakers. Uh, Tampa Bay Breakers. The Tampa Bay. <laughs> oh, God bless America. <laughs> Anthony Jones of the New Orleans Breakers. I, I want no part of Tampa either. Uh, the Because Tampa Bay Bandits. Tampa Bay Break. No, no. New Orleans Breakers. <laughs> Anthony Jones coming on like a bandit. Uh, we know Jordan Ellis is there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Anthony Jones looking very solid to me and somebody who when we talk about flex when we talk about somebody scoring points uh this is going to be the guy i think that's going to get you some points uh 11 carries 34 yards he actually had the most carries 
Yeah, we hammer home that uh, average yards. Average is only 3.1. But uh, he had two catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. This is where I think he's going to have more of a uh, of an impact on the roster uh, going forward because, again, I know Jordan Ellis is their guy there. Uh, Jordan Ellis, seven carries, 42 yards. He's obviously the running back. Uh, but Jones can catch passes. Um, he was targeted three times. Like I said, come down with two of them with a touchdown. So I, I think as the, the breakers progress in the next three or four games going forward, it's just going to be more of him catching passes, which in a PPR, that's what I want. So Anthony Jones uh, uh, looking like a good pickup if he's out there for you. Absolutely. And if you're hesitant to um, the breakers, hesitant, I guess I should say, hesitant to bench Sloter so that he can rest for a week and get healthy, what's the next best thing to do? Give the ball to your running backs over and over, even if it's dumping little passes off to him out of the backfield. Keep your quarterback upright that way. So um, I definitely think uh, going forward with those injuries, with Sloter kind of being banged up, that they're going to do more of those short little dump-off passes, and that's only going to elevate Jones's value. Especially when they continue to give him the ball. It's 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 crazy because obviously, you know, 3.1 yards of carry, not necessarily the most effective with the ball, but they kept handing it to him. <laughs> they kept giving him shots to do it. Uh, you know, with, with Jordan Ellis only getting seven carries on the, on the night, uh, I don't think that's going to be the same going forward, but, you know, when when you look at what's going on with them, I, I just think you're right. Sloter's going to be highly ineffective for the most part, and they're just going to have to continue. Now, they've got a gigantic test ahead of them, right? They're going against the Stallions this week, and it's going to be a very, very tough situation for the Breakers to get going. But, I mean, you know, the Stallions can be had on the, on the ground. It's just a matter of figuring out which running back is going to be the guy to do it. Absolutely, and that's a game I'm looking forward to for just watching the running backs with Bo and Marable and then Ellis and Jones. It should be a good running back game. I think it should be a fantastic running back game, uh, especially considering what uh, what they've been able to do. Like, I mean, Pittsburgh, obviously, we watched Madre London almost go for 100 yards against them last week. So, you know, can, can this be a game where both Ellis and uh, Jones have good games? We'll see. I'm hoping for it. For sure. All right. Well, we uh, went through one more week of start sit. We're almost to the end, man. This is this is getting nuts. I know. Last week of the regular season for uh, fantasy football. It and is then, crazy. And then it's the playoffs, and then it's the and it's the title game. So, uh, hopefully, you guys have made it. Hopefully, you are are really just gonna sit back and watch as your team. Uh, plays a game and you don't really have to worry about the results or maybe you're desperately trying to get in uh, like you know like I am and we're just trying to figure <laughs> out where you where you're gonna sit in the playoffs but uh, wherever you're at uh, hopefully this has helped hopefully this this show has given you some insight into the USFL because I guarantee you Justin and I have had fun bringing it to you absolutely it's been a blast all right Justin why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on the internet as we wrap things up Yep, follow me at jmarkfootball or find me on SGPN's website and app. Everywhere where the SGPN is, uh, Justin is there as well. Of course, follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Follow SGPN Fantasy at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. And of course, subscribe to this show on the SGPN app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. 
Make sure to check out all the great stuff happening on the SGPN, man. We got all kinds of stuff popping off right now. Uh, NASCAR gambling podcast that I host, the CFL gambling podcast. Now, if you're into CFL and you want to gamble, or if you just want to gamble and you want to know about the CFL, we've got you. It's a new show, just debuted today. So, uh, a lot of great stuff happening. So, again, for Justin, for me, uh, enjoy the weekend of football, and we will see you next week to break down some playoff USFL action. So let's play some football, and as always, let it ride!